Geert, I'm terrified. I'm a big DevOps fan. Mm-hmm. And now I hear everywhere on the internet, I hear it on conferences, DevOps is dead. Um, long live platform engineering. And I think, well, in my opinion, DevOps is not dead. Uh, and, but yeah. I know that you know a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I agree uh, that DevOps is still alive. Um, but it's, it's, of course, a marketing um, thing done by a lot of uh, platform engineering product, uh, product vendors well, who want to invent the new, n- new best thing, right? So let's dive into the world of platform engineering and DevOps and what the differences are, how they actually uh, work together quite well, because I believe that that is the case. So let's make an episode about that. Let's do it. The Lead Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development. But what I understand about DevOps is that, well, it's, it's, it's practice where we bring teams together, development practices, operations practices. We bring those people together in a team mm-hmm. so that they can build and run their own software. And that includes the infrastructure, that includes security, that includes development, testing, and everything yeah. that comes with it to actually yeah, build and run an application. Yeah. And removing the silos. Removing the silos, uh, building a culture, of course, is not only about the tools and the technology, but really have that, that culture of autonomy where we work together to build and run the software. And I thought that we were in our industry at a point that we finally had some point of an agreement that that is good practice and not have all these silos in the organization. Yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, still the case, right? I think when teams do this, remove these silos, um, they they become better engineering teams. They build, they build better quality. They yeah. can make better decisions of, should we focus on new features now or should we focus a bit more on security or maintainability? Um, having those... Uh, having both in your portfolio as an engineering team, uh, you can actually make those distinctions between should we focus on this or that mm, instead yeah. of the, the traditional teams that, that were just feature factories and then uh, throwing everything over the wall to, towards the next silo. Um, so I, I still believe that that is a really good thing. Yeah, so so what is it then in the market that we hear that, that DevOps is dead and we need to now embrace platform engineering. So yeah. why is that? Yeah, the, the problem with DevOps is basically DevOps is really hard. Developers need to do a lot of things. They they were used to focus on the features and, and developing um, mainly the application itself. Um, but if you want to also run the application, you also need to know about monitoring. You need to know about the infrastructure it runs on because we're all using the cloud now. So who is building that infrastructure in the cloud? It's it's that same team. So you need to do features, uh, um, your infrastructure, your monitoring, um, costs are involved, all kinds of aspects that you need to um, take into uh, account as a team yourself. So the, the cognitive load is becoming really, really high. And I, and I see that with teams who try to adopt this new culture of of moving towards DevOps, that that is just too hard for them to actually 
get going. <clears throat> yeah, I can kind of recognize that actually because uh, when when I was working with teams, uh, I see of course there is always these these people that are very good in everything, so they can easily embrace and they start doing all these things. But mm -hmm. there is also like this big group of people that are traditionally a developer or maybe traditionally an operations p uh, person, yeah. and they have a really hard time in in embracing all of it because it's it's now yeah the t-shirt sizing is now working against them maybe like the t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Profiles where we need to be broad, broadly skilled, but maybe deep on one level. Uh, I think that a lot of people actually have quite a lot of difficulties being uh, becoming that that more broader sized T-shirt, like doing security and infrastructure and yeah. development, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that I can kind of recognize that. Yeah, I see. In in startups, it's it's really common to have a lot of T-shaped people who who just have to do everything right because it's only a limited amount of uh, of people but then often the the things you have to take into account are also well fairly simple um, you don't have to think about uh, scaling to millions of users and those kind of things mm -hmm. so when, when we're moving towards um, uh, scaling your applications as well then uh, we're, we're adding additional um, uh, complexity again. After just your software and your features, you also have to think about scalability and all those kind of things. So that's where it, the cognitive load becomes too large for a lot, lot of these teams, and that's that's where platform engineering um, finds its place. So I don't think it's a it's a replacement of DevOps. It's lowering the burden of those uh, of those DevOps teams. Okay. So I, I think really. You build it, you run it. That's that's the mantra of of DevOps. I really still believe in that mantra. Um, but running it doesn't mean you have to run everything, right? We also use platform as a service features in the cloud, for example. Um, we still say that we're running that as a DevOps team, right? Even if we're not uh, doing all the, uh, the the OS level patches and those kind of things, because that's abstracted away from our cloud providers. So so what so but maybe like then one step before we we get into real platform engineering. So what do you recognize as a platform then? So what 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 can you describe as a platform within a company? Because we all know pass uh, mm -hmm. like the, the the Azure Azure web apps and all the yeah. uh, all the stuff that we use, but in a in an organization, what do you recognize as a platform? It can it can be anything, right? So what I would like to uh, what I'd like to do with with companies that 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 struggle with we want to have higher developer productivity uh, higher developer satisfaction and, and lowering that burden try to investigate where is this where is this burden where is um, is your company lacking in in certain skills is it maybe on the infrastructure level or maybe on security level uh, maybe they're spending a lot of time in in boilerplate code it can be all kinds of directions. So what you need to do is do some investigations, uh, looking at at your different teams that you have, and see where are they spending their time um, over and over again. Because there are so many repetitive tasks that teams just need to do when they're, let's say, they're creating a new API and, and they're creating several APIs. They, they need to do a lot of steps over and over again. Yeah, so yeah. you say, for example, if you then uh, have an API management within your organization uh, that you have to set up securely and compliant and you need to uh, have all kinds of uh, rights and access and boundaries around that API management, so setting up 
like in this case, API management so that developer teams can use it. DevOps teams can use that API management to, yeah. to host their own APIs. That is typically a task that a platform engineer yeah, that, that, that could pick up. could be a task, right? But looking at a broader perspective, let's say uh, we're, we're, we have 20 teams, they're, they're all building APIs. So what we need to do is we have some boilerplate code of how does a general API look like? It has to do authentication and all those kind of stuff in code. We need to do that in every API. Then we need to um, build infrastructure to host an API. All of these, those APIs are probably fairly similar. Um, so everyone needs to do their infrastructure as code, as server to, um, to actually be able to run uh, that API somewhere. Then we need to do pipelines. Then we need to have a a, um, a central place to uh, to manage all those APIs, like API, uh, some form of API management. Then we need some monitoring of how our our API is doing. All of those teams have to do all of these different steps, and then they have to do uh, implement the actual business logic in their APIs. Um, but all of these steps they can take quite some time. Uh, especially when you're building maybe a, a simple API, uh, you could spend like 70% of your time on all of these repetitive tasks and then only spend 25% of your time on, on actual some business logic. Ah. So investigate where are we actually um, losing time? Uh, what are the things that, that developers teams uh, think uh, yeah, are hard to do or spending much time in and, and create some solutions for those teams so that they can just get that out of the box. Mm, that's that's yeah. the the general perspective of platform engineering. And when you search the internet for it, there's a lot of companies doing tools and those kind of things that are trying to solve one of those re repeatable tasks. Yeah. But I like to look at platform engineering from a broader perspective, and that's just helping your actual DevOps teams to, to move faster okay. and to take control themselves. Okay. Can you then also maybe say that uh, platform engineering teams build engineering platforms? Yeah, I think that that should be the case, right? So a platform engineering team should create some kind of service or uh, or, or product that the other teams use mm -hmm. um, or can use when they feel like it. It it should be just like a platform as a service feature in the cloud. I can use it, but I can also pick something else. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're a platform engineering team, see uh, really see the other teams as your customers and try to uh, realize the stuff that that those teams actually need. Right? Yeah. I, I often see that um, these platform engineering teams are uh, started from and well, a traditional operations teams that, that move into, oh, we're going to use the cloud and then now we're going to do a platform team. And then a lot of these uh, traditional operations people move into the platform team and then they start doing well, operations in, an, in a new kind of way. So you, you can request yeah. all kinds of things through, through tickets and those kind of things. I don't think that's, that's, the, no. that's, the, that's still using the silo approach that we didn't like exactly uh, before yeah, so, we did so if, if you explain it like this then i would also say maybe maybe it's more like a platform engineering team uh still works in a devops fashion yeah. only the the roles and functionalities within the team are maybe slightly different than for example in a, a team that builds business features within an application yeah. so there are still maybe 
little less developers, really specific developers, but more coding on the infrastructure level, etc., uh, enabling things, but also maybe developers that build self-service yeah. portals to, yeah. uh, for t for people to use instead of yeah we provision the server for you or we mm -hmm. provision this this uh, this service yeah. uh, within Azure for you. Uh, teams should be able to self-service. Uh, themselves yeah I, I like to see uh, i like to use the the team topologies um setup where traditional teams are set up like stream aligned teams right your the, the devops teams they work on um on a certain value stream and and are owner owning that value stream from end to end um and then setting up a engineering platform is a separate value stream that actually is is built by Mm -hmm. uh by a platform team yeah yeah and 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 well if you have a platform team that actually builds the platform self-service that uh to to the developer team so and then a dev devops team uh actually wants to create i don't know some piece of infrastructure that is not provided by the platform engineering team so how does that work? Does the DevOps team then uh, start building their own templates? Uh, can they do yeah. everything that they want? How, how how does that go? Of course, it it depends, course. right? Um, it, it really depends on the organization. But um, what I see most successfully is creating a model that's that's open for others to extend, right? So the platform team is is owning the solution. But if you do it like internal open source, um, having the other teams, uh, giving them the possibilities to add certain uh, certain features that they need, um, because that's that's often the problem, right? If you if you only allow the certain things that that the platform team provides, then the platform team really often becomes the bottleneck instead of the enablers. Yeah. And well, they they were created to enable other teams and not to be the bottleneck. Well, in practice, I often see that, well, we create something, uh, some infrastructure to create a API, for example, that's the, the template that everyone should use. And then of course, the, the third team that's, that wants to use it, they say, well, we need these features as well. Well, that's not supported yet. We need to do put that on the backlog and uh, yeah, it will be created in the several months. Yeah, that team is blocked and cannot use your um, the things that the platform team actually uh, uh, provided. So, if you create the possibility for that that team to um, create those features, add those features themselves, or or just go their own way, mm -hmm. right? That should also be a possibility because the DevOps team and the Streamaline team they are the owners of the the actual application that comes out of it, and they choose the components that they want to use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so don't enforce it on them. No, they they are responsible for running the application. So yeah. they should be. Yeah. So you so you can provide them with a certain I don't know template or whatever to uh, like you can use this and then it's it's it, it's fairly good. But you yeah. can uh, add to that or yeah you can do it yourself. But then you have these guidelines and these regulations that you need to adhere to. Yeah. Uh, so more or less yeah a golden standard or. Yeah. Um, what I often see in practice is that these platform teams are the, the, a team building a, a engineering platform, but they're also the team making up the rules or uh, rules and regulations about security and risk and those kind of things. Um, I think those are, are separate tasks. Um, should have 
uh, A group being responsible for compliance and, and security and setting up the 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 boundaries and, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah things that you need to stay uh, stay in between, and then that platform team can create a golden path implementation of like this is what eighty percent of our team should be able to to use, yeah. um, and and try to focus as I said on the things that most people are actually waiting on. So don't focus on um, uh, well, we have this idea that we want to start off with creating these these templates for infrastructure. Maybe you have a lot of good infrastructure people already in your teams. Maybe that's not the the bottleneck they were. Uh, mm-hmm. That's yeah. taking a lot of time for them. So what I think is better is start measuring or start interviewing uh, uh, some of your lead developers. Like, what is taking you a lot of time when you're building um, a new product or a new API or or whatever. Um, what are those repetitive tasks that you need to do over and over again? Um, and actually, how much how much time does this take? Um, so if we create a service, how much time would that reduce? Um, and then when you create such a service, also start measuring um, what the impact actually is. How much time did you save? Because building the platform also takes time, right? If you create certain features or, or services there that that nobody uses well you could rather spend that time in in building actual business uh, business yeah. features yeah, yeah yeah that totally makes sense yeah okay so is every organization suitable to have platform teams i, I think you need a certain scale um mm-hmm. for this um because as i said it's a separate team that's building a platform for the other teams if you only only have one or two teams this this doesn't make sense to have a, a completely separate team. Then you you probably want to have that uh, those capabilities just in the teams themselves, or you can use certain uh, products off the shelf or um, uh, that that provide certain uh, things for you. Okay. Uh, but especially in in smaller organizations, there's less value to be gained by by building such a platform. Yeah. Um, but especially in enterprise, you see a lot of enterprises focusing on on these kind of things now because they want to make their uh, their DevOps teams more productive. Yeah. So let's say that I am a bigger organization with a number of teams, and it makes sense if uh, if I hear the story to have some kind of a platform engineering mm-hmm. team. So where do I start? So do you have any resources or any books or any? Things that you say, okay, then start doing this, start reading this, and then you can a little bit segue into building a platform engineering team. Yeah, the the the, the thing that I see is that um, if you start browsing the internet, um, the term is already broken from the start. Huh? Like like we tend to do, industry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we tend to do in our industry is like, oh, this is a new hip term. Then all kinds of vendors dive into uh, onto this term and they start writing their own vision about what that means. And that often means especially the thing that their application or their product is is delivering, right? Um, so they're yeah, tried a, a bit making the, the, the definition of platform engineering a bit skewed. But if you browse through a lot of these uh, different vendors and the documentation of these vendors, you do get an idea of what should be the, the certain capabilities that you need. Mm-hmm. What I would like to advise teams is start talking to your developer teams and and, and check what their bottlenecks are. Um, because it 
can be in completely different areas of maybe um, teams have uh, you've you've company with a lot of network security and and changing firewall takes months. Yeah, uh, that that happens quite often in uh, in larger ent uh, enterprises. So maybe that's something that you want to uh, work on first. So um, that that's completely different kind of platform as a platform that um, runs your uh, your applications on the Kubernetes in a in a managed way. Yeah, exactly. Right. So both could be a valid platform that that's uh, useful for your organization um, but it really depends on the need that you have as devops teams yeah yeah so so interview interview your developer teams find out their biggest concerns biggest bottlenecks and then build a team in your organization that can actually cater for that that can mm -hmm. help those teams to be yeah. self-sufficient uh, building a self-service portal or whatever yeah. to make sure the developer teams can actually do it themselves yeah, or just press a button and get it. Uh, yeah, so self-service is key here, yes. right? We don't want to uh, create all kinds of portals where you can do a re request and then at the end uh, some ticket will be created. Um, that's that's the, the the opposite of what we want. That's that's again back to silos. You do a request and then uh, a day later you you uh, well it gets rejected because you at some point or a comma. Um, uh, misaligned right so what i often start with in companies if they don't have any tools is just use the tools you already have which is um, git as source control and any form of pipelines um, you can do some configuration as code and then have pipelines actually execute that code in a in a product so the example that i i mentioned before was uh was the firewall if you have your firewall rules just as configuration in some JSON or YAML or whatever files stored in a Git repository that everyone could read um, and everyone could change, um, everyone could add a, a new rule for their application there in that firewall um, uh, configuration, um, do a pull request, uh, it gets reviewed by the security team or the people who, want, who need to do certain uh, reviews and then when that pull requests get merged, um, that configuration file is actually sent to um, to the firewall so, so the changes are updated. And of course, you don't have to have the, the, the direct configuration files of the firewall there. It can be a certain abstraction, but that's something that you could create fairly simple yourself with tools that everyone already has. And, and when those things are, uh, are, um, are moving and, and growing, then maybe looking for for other tools that can um, well, can make these things uh, bigger and uh, and better for your organization. But these are small. Yeah, those are the uh, the small things that you uh, can do. So I think that uh, well, uh, we we need to maybe start uh, getting to a to a close here. But uh, mm -hmm. one of the questions that I uh, I have myself, but also I can imagine that uh, yeah, when working in organizations that wants to start doing that uh, you're talking to uh, to people who need to decide that they have to make a budget out of it they have to make money so and then the question that you always get is okay what is the business case to have a platform engineering team how how can i measure uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, of course measure is between brackets but how can you measure that a platform team actually makes sense to have how how can you measure they are successful yeah well it, it comes back to interviewing the teams that the, the DevOps teams that are building 
your your actual business products, right? Um, and seeing how much time do they actually lose by these repetitive tasks. Um, and maybe that's simple, okay, changing a firewall rule that is um, uh, taking us three hours to fill in all kinds of forms and then we have to wait for it and then they make a mistake. Well, so let's say a firewall change takes five hours. Um, and then you need to uh, see how many of these requests do we actually have in a year. Uh, is that only 10 requests? Well, then it's 10 times uh, five hours. Hmm. Maybe we should not build anything for this. But if it's it, it's a thousand uh, times times five hours, then then there actually starts becoming a, a business case. Um, and then when you build these kind of um, uh, tools eh, and start small, as I said, using a Git repo and some pipelines, um, start measuring how how often are these things requested. Um, uh, maybe actually create a dashboard. Okay, we we did um, one thousand firewall changes. Uh, in this self-service way, so that that, um, that uh, saved us thousand yeah, times yeah. five hours, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, so those kind of things, yeah, give a give an idea of your return on investment, um, and that's why I like to uh, really start with what are the bottlenecks for the teams? What are those teams? Uh, oh, we have to do a firewall change again. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I think that is <coughs> also an important point because you can, of course, measure the time being saved or maybe the money being saved. But I think also very important, it's it's not only about those numbers. Like mm -hmm. I think happiness. Yeah, developer, developer satisfaction. Uh, yeah. Developer satisfaction, like huh, another firewall change or, okay, let's do it. Uh, tip yeah. of the type and one, uh, one minute later, you have your firewall change prepared and reviewed and uh, you can go. I think that that, that also counts for something that is not yeah that, yeah. that is not being something that you can uh, express in money but mm -hmm. it's i think it is successful for your retention of people yeah yeah of course yeah. so it's it's multiple things the the easiest way is just um, try to measure how much time you've saved uh, and of course it's it's theoretical like well, we say 5 hours per per change and then we just measure how much change actually go to our platform um and on the other hand uh, well, interview your developers on how happy are they with with the process of of developing software within your company, and how can we make that that just a little bit easier? Thank you very much. I think that uh, we covered quite some ground, and uh, the yeah. conclusion that I have is that uh, DevOps is not dead. Far from that. I think no. DevOps is still very much alive. And uh, there is something extra, a new kit on the block that's called platform engineering that actually embraces yeah. the fact that. DevOps and full build it, you run it on on complex platforms in the cloud, etc. is quite hard. Yeah. That it might make sense to have a specialized team doing all that stuff, enabling yeah. uh, other DevOps teams that can focus a little bit more on business value. Yeah. Uh, but think, all yeah. our DevOps teams only with a different specialization, so yeah. they go hand in hand more. Than yeah, it's it's really a good harmony. Uh, I think we're in a phase that we. Um, we see that DevOps also has certain uh, downsides like the cognitive load, et cetera. And, and this just solves that. So it, it makes DevOps more, uh, yeah, more, more, um, uh, or it just makes teams actually being able to do DevOps instead of doing all of these different capabilities a little bit and then, um, yeah. Yeah, I think specialization is always uh, yeah. It helps in uh, in in focusing and 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 being better mm -hmm. at what you do. Yeah, great. So I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap up and um, 
Well, thanks for listening or watching, and uh, hopefully uh, see you at the next episode. Thank you. Bye bye. The Lead Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development. <laughs>